If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, join me this morning in Acts chapter 8. Uh, we're going to dig into a story that for some of you will be very familiar, I bet. For some of you, I would bet there's somebody in, in the room this morning, this is the first time that you're going to hear this story. But it, it for me, as, as, as I was preparing and working for everything that we're going to do and talk about and, and, and focus on for the month of April, this story is just a, a really good start um, to what our month of April is, is, I hope and I pray, is going to look like and, and what is going to be commit. Commit is still our word for the year. Don't, don't hear me say that we're changing our word. Uh, we're, we're still committed to everything that we're doing, and God has a plan for us. But for the month of February, February, <laughs> yep, I still have a cold. Uh, for the month of April, April, our word and our focus and our emphasis and everything that we talk about because I want you to get excited and I want you actually to, to kind of get wound up for what we're going to be talking about and what's ahead for us in April. But our word is joy. We have, <laughs> we have the best excuse in the world for joy. Right? Anybody? This side of the room. We'll work with you. We have the <laughs> best excuse in the world for joy because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Joy should just be us. It should just be and in, in April this year, Easter is just around the corner, and, and Sunday is coming. That's kind of our, um, our driving conversation for the month, and not just because each week there's a Sunday, but because there is a Sunday coming when we will celebrate, and we're going to celebrate big right here in Spring Hill Restaurant, the Church of the Accord, whatever that you want to call it. We're going to celebrate on Easter our risen Lord and Savior, and we're going to celebrate that big. And then after that, we're going to end the month, and we're going to celebrate in baptism that outward expression of joy that we have because of what he has done for us but we need to start before easter sunday and joy should just be who we are in all that we are and in everything that we do so let's take a look at our story and then we're going to look actually at several different passages in, in the Word that talk about joy and joy being part of who we are. And then we'll, we'll come back and, and, and really focus on and emphasize a couple of things about joy. I don't know how many times I've said that word already, but I'm going to say it a few more this morning because I just... We shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have to catch joy like a fever. It should just be in 
us. And maybe for us this morning, it's just it's going to be a good reminder. And we need that sometimes, right? Because life happens. Anyway, Acts chapter 8. Let's start in verse 26. Um, if you don't have your Bible or your Globe Bible, don't worry. Uh, all of this will be on the screen as well. I, I did sit down last night and, and get all of this put together for us. But starting in verse 26. And, and it's kind of to understand what has happened up to this point in the book of Acts. This is, this is when the early church begins. Um, and this is when that, uh, that model is set for us as people gather together to worship the risen king and to share his name and to share his love with the world around them. If you remember uh, in Acts 1-8, and this isn't on the screen, you know, Jesus gives them instructions, them being the disciples, where to go, what to do, how to spread the gospel to the nations. And we've seen in the first seven chapters the beginnings of a lot of things and a lot of very bold men proclaiming the good news uh, to the people that they come in, in contact with. And in chapter 7 of Acts, one of the things that we see is a man named Stephen who for his testimony and for his proclamation of the good news and for his stance, his stance against those that were pushing back on the good news, those that were comfortable in the law and those that were comfortable in the way everything was. Stephen stands up to them in love in his testimony of who Jesus Christ is. And just prior uh, to where we are in chapter 8, we see where Stephen is executed. He's stoned to death for his faith. And I don't know if you've ever read, studied anything about stonings, but it's definitely not a way I would want to go. Brutal, brutal death for his faith in Christ. But we, we see that happen for Stephen, or to Stephen, and then we meet someone that later in the story is so very important to the gospel being shared literally around the world. We meet Saul. Saul, who later becomes Paul. Saul, who sits there and watches and agrees with the stoning of Stephen and who sets out on his own journey to wipe out the way, as it's called, to wipe out these people that are talking about Jesus because everything was good and and they're not recognizing him as the messiah and we don't get to get to it this morning but paul has saul who becomes paul has his own encounter with jesus christ that changed him and literally changed the world and it, it one of the key reasons paul is one of the reasons we're here today doing what we do because of his boldness and his courage and as he spread the gospel. But we also meet someone named Philip. And Philip has been in Samaria and he's been preaching and teaching. And John and Peter come to see what's going on because there's been a lot of good stuff taking place in Samaria while, Paul, uh, while Philip is there. And then John and Peter head home and God tells Philip, and this is where we pick up in verse 26. And as for, for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, 
go south. So he's sending Philip further. Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk alongside the, the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah, and Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture that he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me what the prophet is talking about, himself or someone else. So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Philip shared the gospel with him. And as they rode along, they came to water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. And they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, and the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. And that's, we'll stop right there with that verse. And, and the, the key for us is there in verse 39, and just that last half of verse 39. The eunuch never saw him again, never saw Philip again, but he went on his way rejoicing. His life was changed. In that moment, through Philip, this man had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and his life changed, and he went on his way rejoicing. And from the Greek, that is that that word rejoicing that action of one who rejoices what a simple definition but it goes on an occasion or an expression of joy did you catch that an expression of joy that and, and here's here's kind of the the trick about joy um there's there's an action side to it but joy is more of this feeling, this positive feeling. Um, and, and it's hard sometimes, it's hard sometimes to wrap our thoughts around and, and to wrap everything in us around it because we can, we can experience happiness. It, it's really easy to be happy, but sometimes it's not as easy to have joy because joy requires something of us and and when we study joy it's it's usually tied in in the word it's usually tied to a, a change a relationship change a rational 
reasoning about God that comes through an experience, an encounter with him that changes who a person is. A word that's close to it is delight. That word means an experience guaranteed to please greatly. And again, it's, it's, hard, it's hard really to, to explain and it can be hard to understand, but it's more joy is more a, a state of being, more than an emotion. It's a state of being a result of our choice and joy for us. And it's, it's what I was talking about in the beginning. Joy for us, it's a part of the experience of being a Christian. It's part of the experience of being a believer. It's in us because of what he has done. And sometimes we'll push it back and we'll push it down and we'll squelch it a little bit because the stuff going on around us in life just doesn't feel good and it doesn't make us happy. But we've not lost the joy that we have in Christ. And sometimes we have to work at it. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come natural. But it's in us. And we have to let that joy we have to let that joy come out. So let's take a look. I've got a few passages that I want to share with you. If, if you want to try to keep up, that's great. This will almost be like, uh, I don't know if any of you did it when you were kids or not. And some of you in here are still kids. But old Bible races. Joe, did you ever do Bible races, Bible drill? You know, you call out a scripture and you, you first one there gets to read it out loud. Well, we're, we're going to do that in a sense, but I want, you to, I want you to understand and kind of see more about joy in the Word and where this comes from because the word joy in the Old Testament is tied mainly to victory over an enemy. And, and this is, I hope, all going to come together for you as, as we go through these words, what we're, what we're talking about joy for us as believers. Uh, victory over an enemy. The first one uh, to share with you, 2 Samuel 6.22. 2 Samuel 6.22, David, King David, celebrating the victory over the enemy, celebrating the ark coming home. And I know this, this is some Old Testament stuff and may be unfamiliar for some of you, but celebrating. And David is dancing in the street. Anybody ever danced? Some of you, yeah. I looked more over here. Um, but dancing, a celebration, joy in dancing. But David says to someone that's telling him that he has degraded himself for dancing. And he says, I'll become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. The joy of the victory over the enemy caused David to celebrate outwardly. Victory, right? Victory. Psalm 30, verses 4 and 5. Um, Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. And I bet you've heard this phrase before. 
Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning, right? Victory over the enemy. Victory over darkness. Are we catching this? Victory. So say that with me. It's okay. Say it, victory. victory. Say that with me. Victory. Okay. You're catching on. Okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Our next one, Psalm 33, just a couple of pages over. In Psalm 33, this writer is praising who he has referred to as the preserver or the creator. Verse 1 in Psalm 33, let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. So what's our word? Victory. It's okay. Say it. Victory. We have reason to celebrate, reason to express joy. There's victory over an enemy. There's victory over darkness. Moving into the New Testament. Again, in the New Testament, more of the, of the, the attitude and the presence of joy is vic the, because victory is focusing on salvation. And if you look from the beginning in Genesis to the end in Revelation, that's the thread that is through the whole word. It's victory over death, victory over darkness, victory over an enemy because Jesus has conquered everything. And we get to celebrate who he is, Galatians 5, 23, because of what he's done for us, in us, and through us, what becomes part of us is what we refer to as the fruit of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things become part of who we are because of the victory over the enemy. The victory over darkness. And remember, we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago. And I've already referred to it this morning, but Galatians 5.13, the freedom that we have in Christ because of the victory that he won that brings joy to our lives. Romans 15.13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you, were, you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Victory. Philippians 4, 4 and 5. Is anybody still keeping up? You may have just given up. And this, this is a, a, great, a great passage that just really speaks to the truth of the joy that we have. Philippians 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. So, and this is, this is not in there. This is Heath's amplified version. So... The final, 
victory. Thank you. Yeah, somebody helped me out there, leaving me hanging. I wasn't going to stand there much longer because it was getting embarrassing. But victory. Joy. As I said earlier, it's part of the experience of being a Christian. Part of the experience of being a believer. And it, it is an expression of who we are in Christ. An expression of who we are in Christ. And it's a, ch it's a choice that we make to express it. To express joy. It, and it's, it's just so important, so important for us to remember all that He has done for us. And the reason that we have joy. Victory over death. Victory over separation. Victory over having to earn peace. Having to earn anything. Victory that comes in the freedom in Christ. No more worry. No more and, and this one is, is a hard one to understand, and I battle with this one myself, but no more anxiety, no, no more concern with everything that is going on, us, going on around us because He has defeated everything. And I know life is hard. I'm, I'm not standing up here telling you that I don't think that life is hard, and I, I don't think that we all have struggles. I include myself in that. We all have struggles, but darkness is defeated and joy comes in the morning and joy comes in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thank God. He gives victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. A peace that passes all understanding and our joy as an outflow, an outflow of who we are. We talk about all the time loving people, but the joy that we have in Christ for us ought to be like a magnet. People ought to think, and, and I mean this with all of my heart, people ought to think we're weird. They really should think we're weird because everything around us is nuts. Everything around us is crazy and broken, but we have a joy because we know what he's done. We know what he's done in our lives. And we know what he's going to do in the morning. And people ought to see that joy in us and ought to want to know what's up. Because of who we are in him. And we're going to, when we get to Easter now in two Sundays, again, we're going to celebrate big the resurrection of our King, His defeat over death. We're going to celebrate that. And then the week after that, I shared with you, we're, we're going to, to have a baptism service. And starting next week, here 
in worship and in, in what we talk about, we're going to start digging into and answering some of those questions about what is baptism. Why should I be baptized? What does it mean? What does it tell the world when I do that? But just like the eunuch, be back next week because we're going to dig into his question. He says to Philip, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He was ready then to follow in Christ. And, and we are going to celebrate that same thing on the 24th. And we want anyone that has never taken that step to follow his love in baptism. And it may be in a lake. It may be in a swimming pool. We're going to figure all that out depending on the weather and what the city of Pflugerville lets us do. But mark that date on your calendar. Be here next week as we start to unwrap some of what that means so that we can celebrate together all that he is and all that he's doing in all of our lives. So as Joe and Lisa get ready to come up and lead us in worship again, one of the things that uh, we, we always end our time like this and and I, what I want you to understand this is not um, this is not just not just because what a preacher does but we want to offer an, what's called an invitation because we want you to know to understand to rest in the peace and the joy that comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so as, as we worship this morning, as, as they find their way through the chairs to make it up here, um, what we want to express and, and for, for everyone to realize, and there, you know, there may be somebody here this morning that's never connected these dots. It's all just been some talk, but it's never... It's never really come together for you, maybe until this morning. And in, in your heart, you sense and you know that someone besides that goofy-looking guy up front is speaking to me today. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, drawing you to himself so that you can know and understand and live in that freedom and that joy that we're talking about in, in the Word, in the truth, the, the Bible, what we go to always and will always rely on for the Word. It tells us that we're all sinners. And as sinners, we're separated from God. And for our sins, for those ways that we go against our Father, those things are like wages. We're earning wages as we work. We, we earn wages as we sin. And those wages separate us forever from Jesus Christ. Those, those wages, those sins separate us from him but God. And we can show you this in the word, but God in Romans 10. For those that call on the name of Jesus Christ... Sins are forgiven. The debt is paid. 
And their promise, our promise, my promise, your promise, is a life eternal forever with Jesus Christ. That separation is gone. That anxiety is gone. Those wages, that debt is paid in full. There's nothing else that we have to do because he has taken care of it all on the cross. Does it mean that life becomes so simple and easy after that? Nope. Because the enemy is still alive and the enemy still works and the stuff around us in the world still happens. But there's darkness in the night and joy comes in the morning and we can experience and know that joy in a life with Jesus Christ. And if you've never experienced that and you've never called on the name of Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity this morning. And as we worship, if he's calling you this morning, respond to how he's calling you. Don't wait. Don't wonder. Don't think, well, I'll do this another day. Respond this morning. I'll be in the back. Karen is in the back. There's others here that would love to talk with you, to pray with you, to show these verses to you, to, to point you to the truth of the word of what it means to surrender your life to Christ. But we want to give you that opportunity this morning to say yes. So if he's calling you this morning, as we worship, don't wait, respond Respond, respond, say yes to the call of Jesus Christ. And let's pray together as, as we prepare to worship. Father, we, uh, this morning, God, we do, we celebrate who you are, all that you are, how awesome that you are. And God, this morning, God, I do, I pray that we would just respond yes. Father, if it's, if it's the first time to surrender ourselves to you, or God, if it's a recognition that we need to return and we need to remember the joy that we have in you. God, I just pray this morning that simply our response would be yes. So God, you work in our hearts and we'll respond to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up. Mm -hmm.